Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osherberger and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Well, good morning and welcome to TIAA Bank Field for Jags Drive Time presented to you today by our friends at CarShield. Brian Sexton along with John Osher. Um, is it a good morning for you, John? Just, just shut up. Yeah, Brian. I know. I figured you were going to say that. Yeah, the look on your face told me everything I needed to know. No, it, it's – it's uh, it, there, there's so many ways to go with it. Um, I expected this year, to be honest with you, 17 games. I expected seven wins, a couple of stinkers, and a couple of really big wins. Right. They hadn't had a stinker till yesterday, and yeah. uh, and I so over overarching, I feel like you were going to see one of these this year yeah. because that's what you see with young building teams. But it's such a it's such a gut punch to have it be yesterday yeah. in that situation. Well, because we talked about a meaningful game after after Thanksgiving, and you got one right. On Saturday night, I was around a lot of people, and they were all excited about mm-hmm. this game. There was it wasn't a buzz; it was a, you know a vibration you could feel in this town about this team. Hey, this is cool. Yeah, right. and, and 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 with the Titans losing yesterday, if the Jaguars could have won or even just lost in a competitive game and given people the feeling that their team was coming, then you have a completely different mindset. But today. I mean, there were so many competitive games yesterday down to the end, and the Jaguars was clearly not one of them. Uh, it's a big disappointment. You know, in, in, in the postgame show, Bucky Brooks, who I know is one of your favorite guys, had, um, eh. had, had Doug Peterson on. And one of the first things he said, and it struck me, I wrote it down, is that there's a level of intensity we have to figure out. They're playing for the same things we're playing for, but they played like they wanted it more. That's the head coach right yeah. after the game. Now, there was probably a little emotion there. Well, but, but Doug also said afterward, Brian, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's uh, right. But in the post game, and I'm, I'm going to uh, say this thing, I don't remember exactly what he said, but talked about not feeling like, like they were prepared. Right. You know, and uh, that they were a little. Awestruck's not the word, but um, well, they were shocked by the early shocked, turnover. R- right. right. So, uh, you know th- that I think Doug knows that he's dealing with a young team. There's a there's a process of trying to figure it out, and it it struck you from the comment that he said that you just said, right. and and the comment in on the podium that he was surprised that they reacted that way, and he wants to figure out why. Does that well, make sense? Oh no, it, yeah. totally. And it, it's it's. Today is likely to be a very painful day for people on that side of the building, both in the locker room and in the coaches' suite as they have some very hard conversations. Doug alluded to that as well. Let's jump into big things and give you the three big stories of the game. Yesterday on defense was as bad as it gets. The Lions scored on every possession until the very end of the game where they just kneeled down twice. Every possession, the defense had absolutely no answer whatsoever. None. And you got to go back a long time to have a game like that. Yeah, I'm not sure you do. Uh, but, but longer than you think. Yeah, but at least seven years. Every it's pretty possession? bad. Yeah. I hope they had one against New England. Yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, yeah. That's 2015. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be talking about that having happened before, since, or ever. No. But, but yes. Yeah, it, okay. it, it's a while. So as bad as it gets, and Josh Allen felt it as well. Just got to go, man. It's, it's disappointing, you know, especially on the defensive side, man. For them not to punt the ball. 
one time. That's embarrassing. I've never ever done that before in my career. Uh, and hopefully that's gonna be the last. Um, I just gotta keep on going, man. Well, it felt bad in the second quarter, as bad as it gets, but then maybe not when Trevor Lawrence is laying on the field and you can see the medical training staff and the team doctors evaluating his knee. Maybe it wasn't as bad. The good news for the Jaguars is is that he got up, walked off the field, and in the early part of the third quarter, came down that long ramp at Ford Field and back onto the playing field. Um, he wasn't hurt necessarily, but his feelings were. It's just embarrassing, honestly, um, what we put out there. and Such a big game for us, and just, I mean, that's the word to describe as embarrassing. Everybody in that locker room feels that way, too. Just to, you know, how, I mean, this is a playoff game for us, and we go, we go out there and lay down, and, you know, all three phases just didn't play anywhere close to our best football, weren't detailed, didn't execute. Um, and it's just embarrassing when you, especially coming off a big win, and you come out here and um, lay an egg, it's just can't happen. And to his point, big thing three is make a play. Nobody did. I mean, the Lions made it on the second play when they ripped the ball away from ETN. How about on that very same series when the ball to St. Brown was tipped twice and yet he pulled it in to set up first and goal? I mean, there, there were multiple opportunities for the Jaguars. On the next series, Zay Jones has the ball in his hands inside the 10-yard line to set up first and goal and, and doesn't. They made plays. The Jaguars on either side of the ball, on special teams, Nobody made a play yesterday, and the coach, well, he noticed it too. It's uncharacteristic of our guys. Part of the, you know, part of the struggles on offense, you know, on third down, um, too many third and long scenarios, and you know, it's a good pressure team on third and long, and and um, we just uh, didn't do enough today to stay out of those situations. So there are your big things, John, and. Um, I guess if there was anything positive, it's that the quarterback came back and, and led a drive in the third yeah. quarter when we were all wondering, did this season just go from you know, potentially promising, no matter how dim it might seem at that moment, to gone in a heartbeat? Well, I probably am guilty sometimes of, of, of looking at big picture over micro, if you will. Right. Um, but to me, the huge story of that game was that he wasn't hurt because what you don't want – is him on May 15th rehabbing of next year. No. Um, so, and I know, it, I shouldn't say, there's a lot of fans who, who got that yesterday and were like, Phew, thank goodness. Right. But that was critical. You know, you don't want your quarterback rehabbing during OTAs. I'm not a big OTA guy, but he's the one who needs to be there during that time I and mean, all of that. So that really mattered. I also thought, Brian, we saw uh, – last year maturity from Trevor Lawrence during tough times uh it's it's what made us all believe that he was eventually going to be great because you thought he had that element I thought yesterday he showed maturity in the way he handled it but you could also feel that all right I'm tired of this yeah you know this kind of thing can't happen I I'm ready and uh, when I say I I mean more the team we're ready to not be standing up here like this. We kind of thought this was done. Uh, so I, I know fans get tired of talking about demeanor with him, but I, I, I feel like there was something in there yesterday of, all right, it's time not for me to grow up. That's the wrong word, but it, 
it's time for us to not do this. Right. And I don't think they'll do this very often. This feels like I could remember, for example, way back when, when I was with the Colts, 2002, they had a decent team. Peyton was starting to get it going. Dungeon was starting to get it going. And they went up in the playoffs and just got shelled by the Jets 41 nothing. I remember that game. And everybody, you know, fire this, fire that. And they grew from that. You know, so I that feels – I know they're not a playoff team. I get all that. But that yesterday felt like sort of that. I, I think it will – I don't think you'll see this from this team. I think they're going to be in big situations moving forward. Right. I don't think you'll see this again. So, but, to the quarterback's demeanor. Yeah. So, during the five-game losing streak earlier this year, you could tell that he was frustrated, yeah. that he that he wanted – disappointed was probably a better word. Yesterday was the first time where it, it, it sounded like he was ready to have a conversation with his teammates. Let's take yeah, a look at this was his, more of a come on, man. Yeah. Let, take yeah. a look at his numbers that we've got for you today. You can see that – he did not play poorly. No. But when you have Zay Jones, who, who by my count dropped four balls, and Evan Ingram, two, yeah. you have six drops. His numbers, it's, you know what, forget the numbers for just a moment. That just shows, though, that he wasn't the problem. Now, probably five drops, you're 22 or 31 for 250, you get a touchdown, you're but, fine. But you catch yeah, that yeah, first yeah. one, you yeah. got a touchdown, you tie the game at seven, right? You had drops on key drives and yeah. third down. On easy crossing routes that keep the chains moving, that give the defense more of a chance to rest. I, as much as we talked about Zay Jones last week, that mm-hmm. and, and well, he, after the game, I, I know he was very, yeah. very despondent. Might not be the right word. A word on Zay. Um, it was surprising. Well, it, it was surprising, and you know, I'm not usually one to sit here and make excuses. But I, I, I think the chest injury was a lot worse. That, you know. He was questionable all week with a chest injury. Okay. Um, I I don't know that it was a given that he was going to play. I think he was trying to fight through it. He he alluded to that, and and when people hear that, I don't want people to think, oh, he was making an excuse. It didn't feel like that. It it was more. He was very, uh, as stand up as you can possibly be after that game. He was, but I I don't know that he should have fought through that one. Probably you know, not. It felt like. Yeah. Well, uh, and but as soon as I say that, credit to him for trying. You know, sure. But it felt like that probably bothered him. He he's going across middle chest injury. And am I going to get hit? Um, again, it feels like aberration with that being well, to come off a career high day like deal that. more than it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, if Zay Jones was sitting here, he was saying I was on the field. I got to make the play. Yeah. Well. He was coming off of a career-high 11 catches. Yeah. 11 in 14 targets against the Ravens. And to drop his first four like that, well, it was, it was, um, it was disappointing. Yeah. So, all right, we'll take a break, come back and show you some of the highlights and talk you through them as we continue. Dra- Jags Drive Time is brought to you today by CarShield. And we're back after this. We've got to lick our wounds, you know, and, and we got two days to figure it out. we got a division opponent next week. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us, and so we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. We're going to go to work, and, and we're going to get things cleaned up, but it's everybody. It's it's not one person, one position group. It's everybody, and it's coaches, players, myself. It's all of us, and and um, obviously it starts there with me. Welcome back. Jack. I felt a little sorry for him yesterday, Ryan. Right? For Doug. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I you know. I don't make light of it, but it it was it, it was tough. 
Uh, and again, just going back to what we talked about at the top, I, I, um, I expected it two or three times this year. I, I think if if you pull back and look at, at the end of the season, I think if you pull back, and this is the only sort of just, I don't know, I don't know Katie bar the door game, then I think you'd say, wow, you know, 10 double-digit losses last year, and this was the first one that felt like it was completely away the whole time. Right. I, you know, I expected in the first 13 more than, or first 12, whatever it is, more than that. But taking all that big picture stuff, just the macro, I mean, the micro of yesterday, you didn't expect that. No, no. Talking to the players, you know, watching practice this week, there was no indication that it was going to go this way. And, and they're going to spend a lot of time today watching the tape. And as Doug said, trying to figure things out so that when they get back on Wednesday in the practice field, getting ready for the Titans, they're ready to go. We're going to spend a couple minutes here and show you some of the highlights. So early on, it looked like the Jaguars were going to be able to do what they wanted to do. Second play of the game, Travis Etienne finds a big hole. Etienne with a first down and a lot of room. Ball came out as he was hit around the 37-yard line. And you see him here, watch him grab the yeah. ball and cover up. I mean, you talk about making a play, five made a play. Yeah, there. I think, and I got some questions about this, and they're legitimate questions. Is is fumbling an issue? Well, the, the short answer is yes, because he's had fumbles this year that have hurt the team. Yes. So they must be an issue. But I think this might be looked at, if you when you look back on it, as a case where even the best running backs fumble sometimes because yes. the guy makes a play. That was a great that play. That felt like this more than it did a Travis Etienne fumble problem, but that's something that we'll see over the course of time as well. So the head coach alluded in his postgame conference that the team was shocked by that on the second play of the game. I'm sure all of you were as well. That was a play made, and here are two more made by the Lions to grab an early 7 to nothing lead. Third and seven. Got his time. Tips. Eventually, right at the goal line. Amon Ross St. Brown stayed with the bouncing ball. He gets the football. He gets the touchdown. And the so, Lions take the lead. That was a great catch. And any defender here could have made a play. Darius Williams. You see both Rayshon Jenkins and Dewey there, and no one could. And it set up the touchdown. Three plays made by the Lions in the first Minutes. Yeah, that's the old one. How different is that? You know, I'm never one to, you know, hammer a cornerback for not making an interception uh, because that's why they're, you know, not receivers. All that. But in that situation, red zone, that's where a great player makes that play or at least knocks that ball down. Darius Williams has to make that play. All right. And so if there were any plays made, it was on the next drive with Christian Kirk setting the Jaguars up. But then, as we mentioned, Zay Jones had a chance to make a play and could not. Time for Lawrence. Going deep for Kirk. And he's got it. Christian Kirk into Lion territory across the 25-yard line. This tackle, Christian Kirk, will have a first down around the 20-yard line of Detroit. Third and three, blitzes on, 
Time for Lawrenceson. Dropped in the middle of the field by Zay Jones. Yeah, catch that one, and you set yourself up for uh, for first and goal. And you know, it, when Christian Kirk caught this pass, you thought, "All right, well, look, they can get back into this one because this is not a very good defense." Yeah, and it's this is not a day for positives, but Christian Kirk, who what? Is it 13 games now yeah. they played? Uh, whatever the number is. 12. They're 4-8. Uh, well, I'm saying 11 because I blocked out yesterday. <laughs> um, but but really reliable Christian Kirk. Uh, exactly what they wanted. And somebody asked me in the Ozone last night if, if anybody showed up to play. And I kind of I, I kind of made a snide answer. I'll have, to, I'll have to rewatch the tape at first glance. No. Christian Kirk played very well. He did. And we talked last week. Christian Kirk or DJ Chark. Kirk had a big game, so did E.J. Chark. Quick decisions from both of them. That's been the difference for Goff, who's airing it out deep for D.J. Chark. He hangs on. Yeah, that's when I thought this might be a long game. Just the 10-yard line up. now on second and goal. The touchdown. Goff for the end zone. Catch made. That's a touchdown. Abed Ross, St. Brown. I don't know if there's any commentary necessary here. This is what DJ Chark did in 2019, and uh, Jared Goff is playing really well. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was nice play. Credit DJ. Uh, when he is on the field, he is very dangerous. Uh, I, I think his reliability overall in terms of injury is, is a reason that they didn't bring him back. Uh, for, for yesterday, very good. If, if he's healthy, very, very, very good. Uh if you know DJ Chark, you're happy for him when he does well. I wasn't happy for him yesterday because it hurt the Jags. But, uh, look, the secondary, we've been harping on it all year. And I know the pass rush also needs work and is not great. But a secondary that has been what I would call the fatal flaw of the yeah. defense this year was the fatal flaw again yesterday. It's, it, it is what it is, as they say. And, I, you know, I'm not sure in the last five games we're going to see major improvement because I'm not sure that it's possible. This felt like the um, the worst moment and then the best moment of yesterday. That Not that there was a best moment. Here's the quarterback. Pressure coming and sacked at the 32-yard line. And you see his foot get caught underneath. And I thought it was the ankle. And then they started looking at the knee. Of course... We didn't find out anything until the third quarter when he came back onto the field, and at least you had that. Yeah. Um, I. There was talk whether it should have been a penalty. It was close. Uh, you know, they've called that a penalty this year at times. I can see why they didn't, because it was right at the hip, and he was stumbling. I. It didn't look to me like it was an intentional play on that player's uh, part, but – you know, I guess legal to decide that. Uh, thank goodness. I mean, it, it, you know, for everything this franchise is trying to go be. Uh, they need him. Yeah, thank goodness he wasn't hurt. I mean, as so, Doug said, very fortunate. Jaguars obviously did not stop the Detroit Lions in the first half. Jags trailed 23-6, and it didn't feel like they were going to be able to stop him in the second half and the quarterback and his question mark with the injury. But you felt like if at least they could – Maybe they could claw their way back and make a game of this. DeAndre Swift quickly put that to bed. Swift. DeAndre Swift. And touchdown, Lions. 
Kind of the way the whole day went. It felt like maybe they were going to get him behind the line of scrimmage. Josh Allen misses. Dewey can't bring him down. Clay Brooks can't stop him short. They get in. They go up. Game is essentially on its way to being done at that point. Let's go right, though, to the one drive, the Jaguars' first drive of the third quarter that ended with Evan Ingram finding the end zone and a nifty two-point conversion that made you think, okay, well, Jackson at least the quarterback's helping. has been pushed around through the air and on the ground. There is the touchdown to Evan Ingram. Trevor Lawrence flips it to the left side. And they finally get it into the end zone. Tien taking the direct snap here. Thanks to Trevor Lawrence, but it's Jamal Agnew gliding into the end zone. What a creative play for two. I got a lot of questions, Brian, from people uh, criticizing why Trevor was in the game at that point, et cetera, et cetera. There's a couple things. This is the NFL. Uh, teams have come back from 30 to 6 Oh, yeah. yeah you, 254 left to play in the third. You're so, down. Yeah. Uh, that didn't bother me. Uh, so, well, why did you not play ETN last week? They didn't play ETN last week. Some of it was they wanted to make sure the kid knew he was okay on, right. on a major injury he had sustained to the same area. A lot of that was, okay, let's make sure that the player – is confident, you know. Trevor had never really injured that knee before. As long as the doctors told Trevor, "You are okay, and there's no risk of injury," there was nothing wrong with him playing. I mean, right. I, I don't know what else. You're, hey, hold him out because of why? I mean, right. so uh, that didn't bother me. I, I, I think there was sort of a a fear factor from some fans because, oh, oh goodness. But if, if they had the information that that was okay, I, I don't know what else you're supposed to do except well, play him. And at that point, you're down two touchdowns and two extra points, but you still have almost 15 minutes to right. play. I mean, and it's not against the rules to, to make stop a stop. them. Right. right. So I th- at that point, I don't think. I'll Google it. But <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> at that point, you thought, well, maybe they can make a game of this thing here in the fourth but quarter. You get one stop they did the right. week before. Right. Exactly. And, of course, they did not yesterday. All right. When we come back, hot takes. And some of them are very hot as we continue with Jags Drive Time from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, presented on a Monday morning by our friends at CarShield. If your car is out of manufacturer's warranty, call CarShield now. Don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer screen repairs. Call CarShield today. Brian Sexton, John Osier with you here. Drive Time on a Monday Following a, um, well, choose your adjective, disappointing, difficult, uh, awful Jaguars 40-14 to loss at Ford Field in Detroit. Obviously, you all have hot takes. We do as well. John, lead us off. Yeah, and, and I was going to go with the defense, but I figured you're probably going to talk about the defense. Yeah. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, the hot takes are, are obvious there to me. Um, the one I went with was time to put the playoff talk away for a while. Which sucks uh, because it would have been fun this week. Well, and, you know, what I wrote and uh, what I believe about this team, I believed they earned the right to talk about it last week because they had a couple of wins in uh, in three weeks. Beat the Titans on Sunday, uh, show up, and then, you know, we'll listen to you next week. Yeah. You know, and then you're two out with whatever to play, and you're back in that scenario where – if you start winning, if you get, you know, if you beat Dallas, you know, ho, 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 I know fans are saying, but, you know. Yeah. So, 
win this week, and then we'll listen again, right? Yeah. I think I said it off the top of the show. There, there was an audible, just you could just physical, visceral, whatever reaction. People were excited about yeah. this game. Four and seven, right? They'd won two of their last three, but people wanted this. And from my perspective, right? That's the hard part of this game. Not that the defense couldn't stop anyone and that the offense didn't make plays, but that there was a moment for this team and this right. town to connect on a deeper level right. about this year and to build that belief. Look, there were so many close games yesterday, but this wasn't one of them. And you had people going, well, that's the Jaguars I know. Yeah, but that's right. not that's not what this team – well, it, yesterday it did look like it. It did. But that's it, not what we saw last week. It's not been the overarching story. Yeah. You know, I always go back, you know. You don't come back and beat the Ravens with the same old Jaguars. Right. And people always talk about want to and desire. And uh, yeah, Tony Dungy it. said something to me once that when you're not playing well defensively, you always look like you're not trying. Yeah. And it, it's not necessarily that they're not trying or, or, or they don't care or they not do it. But when you're not playing well defensively and you're not stopping anybody, the automatic sort of go-to is, well, they didn't have any desire or effort. Well, I just think, yes, you know, the bottom line is it, this defense has given up 20 points uh, every game since the Texans. Yeah. Well, they're not very good. So when you're not very good on defense, which until they prove us wrong, that's what they're, they are, oh. then it looks like you're not trying. Well, and you go back and you look at this defense – and, and that brings us to my hot sure. take, which is that you it's time to look differently at this defense. I think we saw them play pretty well early on, especially in Los Angeles, and we thought, all right, they spent a lot of money and a lot of high draft capital to put this together, and now you know it's just a matter of them figuring it out. But when you look back and you see that they blew fourth-quarter leads against the Commanders, against the Colts, at least, against at the least Broncos. Four. Yeah. Right. I mean, you— this team should have been in a much better situation going into yesterday. And then blew a tie at Texans. Without a doubt. So, and yep. so this defense has just steadily gone downhill. So it's time to think completely differently. And look, John, the last two years, the money they've spent on guys like Roy Robertson-Harris and Foley Fatukasi and Foye Aluakon and Darius Williams. I mean, they have spent money and draft capital. Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin. Not, not all of that necessarily. Let's put it this way. Some of that was probably poorly spent, right? Jack Griffin in particular looks like that guy. They've also spent high draft capital the last couple of years. Tyson mm -hmm. Campbell, Trayvon Walker, yeah, you know the names, Chad Muma, Derek, uh, Devin Lloyd. These guys are going to be here, right? The salary cap is so tight next year, Shaq Griffin's not going to be here, but everyone else will be here. So you've got to start thinking differently. I don't, And I'm not going to pretend I'm Jeff Loggeman and tell you, well, okay, put this guy's hand on the ground and put this guy outside. You know, you all can have those conversations, and, and I will as well, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know exactly what they have to do to fix this thing. But they have to have some very difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Doug said it yesterday postgame. People have got to be willing to talk about this and have these conversations and think about are the people that we have – being coached and put in the right positions to be their best. Yep. It's going to be a really tough conversation for Mike Caldwell and his staff today. Yep. There's, that's the only way to say it. I mean, it's, I, I almost titled this Blow It Up, right? Because everyone was thinking that yesterday. When you can't stop an opponent even once, given the history of this defense in the last six weeks, and then that, yeah, Blow It Up doesn't sound so radical. Yeah, I think but they've got to blow up the way they're thinking about this and go back to square one in terms of – you can't do that now, right? Right. you got to do that in the offseason. That's the difficult part. I, 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 
I'm getting questions about, well, do you put Trayvon's hand on the ground and do you move Devin Lloyd to outside? Uh, not a terrible idea yeah. considering their skill set. I also get questions, well, uh, uh, should they be playing a 4-3 rather than a 3-4, et cetera, et cetera. None of those intrinsically are awful concepts. The problem is it's it's December 6th. You're not going to fix it completely. December 5th, and it's very difficult. Uh, Doug alluded to it at some point the last couple of weeks. It's very difficult to have young players move around when you already have a rookie trying to figure it out, and then you go into that rookie and say, hey, guess what? You're playing a new position. What? Yeah, yeah. So that's well, that's a difficult thing. And uh, I think Bill Belichick said it uh, this week or recently. They asked him about changing his play caller. It's like, look, it's week uh, 13. Help, it, help is not on the way this year. Yeah, I'll so say this. It's tough. The story of the last two weeks has been Devin Lloyd and how lost he looked. I, Chad Muma looked equally lost mm-hmm. yesterday. Equally. So when I see that, and it's not just one rookie, it's two, I think, all right, what can you do schematically? How can you coach them up to get them in a position where they don't look lost? They shouldn't look lost heading into the 12th game of the season. They might not look like, hey, they're rising players. That may still be a year away. But you've got to have these guys, these high draft picks, looking like they're making progress, not looking like they're falling backwards. And so from a defensive perspective, you are probably going to blow it up in the offseason and reinvent it entirely. What do they do this Sunday for the Titans? I mean, the first time they punt, Jaguars fans are going to go nuts. If, <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. Right? I mean, you know what the Titans are. They're going to hit you with Derrick Henry and then try to go over the top. Yeah, and again, uh, not to belabor the point, but I, I really looked forward yesterday to seeing this Jaguars defense against a conventional offense yep. because I thought, okay, you got no running quarterback, should be a little better. Their numbers were okay against the run. It didn't feel great against the run at yeah. times, O'Brien. So well, because I, when they needed the yardage, they got yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. 22's uh, on the docket. Yeah. He's right. good. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. We'll take a break. When we return, some closing thoughts. Looking forward to a big divisional game next Sunday in Nashville. This is Jags Drive Time from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. And we're back in a moment. Well, Magellan Transport moves that freight, and they're voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. Apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Move the freight with Magellan. I thought I had the coolest Great win last there. week, and it's all, and we're excited and everything, but this is a different week. This is a different set of circumstances. It's just like now moving forward, Tennessee next week. We've got to somehow figure out to put this behind us and focus on Tennessee and, 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 you know, sort of adjust our processes during the week, right? And, and evaluate yourself, starting with me, and evaluate that, and then evaluate, you know, the team. And each player and each coach has to do that. But there's there's that short-term memory in this league that, that you've got to move on, right? You, you get the good, the bad, you just got to move on and focus on the next week and, and put the same amount of energy into this week coming up that you did this past week and the week before, right? Um, and, and and focus on your job, focus on your game plan. And then as coaches, we got to make sure we're doing the right thing uh, by putting, you know, putting the right people in the right spots. You don't have to read between the lines with this guy. Uh, Doug Peterson has been in this league and had such great success throughout his entire career. He's had some down moments too, but he's seen the highest of highs. Uh, and 
the message yesterday was, get ready for Monday. It's going to be a tough day. Yeah. But then we're going to put it behind us because we can't afford You can't stand still. You have to be able to make quick decisions and then apply yourself. I thought that comment that he made to Bucky Brooks in the postgame radio show was, um, was probably the most telling of all from postgame yesterday. Yeah, he, uh, they've got the right guy there. And I, I understand fans are upset about yesterday. Yesterday was ugly. It was bad. Um, but I think there are some coaches who wouldn't have wanted to come out after that game and said, hey, we weren't ready. We weren't uh, – we looked shocked. Because those comments are very easy for people to twist and say, well, who's supposed to get them ready? It's you, coach. Yeah. Well, I, I think Doug would say, yeah. yeah. He I, said it at the beginning of I that soundbite. Yes, I am. And now I'm going to go figure it out and fix it. That's, that's my job. He's been around long enough to know that these games happen. They're not good, and they have to be figured out. But he's not scared to be transparent on that front. He's confident enough to say, yeah, I, you know, it is my job to go figure this out, and I will. So I think that spoke volumes of how ready this guy is. Obviously, he's ready. Right. He has a Super Bowl. But how good he is in that situation, I guess, is, is the word I'm looking for. I talked to him this week coming off the practice field on Wednesday after I got done interviewing Jim Bob Cooter. And, and he knows, you know, he knew when he took this job that it was going to take time. But he also knew that with some good coaching and some improvement that they'd put themselves in positions like yesterday, right, to be able to take advantage of, hey, go beat you know, the Lions and be in this thing in December, despite the fact that this is his first year here. Um, I, so that's why I found yesterday's comments so telling. You said he's not scared. The guy's confident. Right. He, he knows what he's doing here. He understands what it takes. Did he expect yesterday? Huh, no. He did not expect yesterday. But he only has today to figure out what happened. Right. Because then tomorrow is all about next week. And you talk about leadership. He's got to lead his team through this one mm-hmm. and teach them how to get ready in one week for next Sunday in Nashville. And he talked after the game yesterday. And I don't know that there's that much to this. It was a reporter who didn't really cover the Jags asking the question about home and road. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I haven't felt that they're just an awful team on the road and great at home. It, it, the record says three and two at home. But, but it, you know, if it is an issue, guess what? You're going to Tennessee. Yeah. So, but I, again, I don't, I don't feel that. That was a little bit of a theme yesterday. Um, but they have a chance to go prove that right and, in, in what for this franchise is, is a brutally tough environment. All right. Well, Mondays after a loss are tough, and uh, today is the toughest one of the season. We'll be back with you on Wednesday and hope to be able to have a show to give you some answers and see where this team is headed as they head to Nashville for Sunday's game against the Titans. Thanks for joining us on Jags Drive Time. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.